Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Dear Emma Love Amy. Today's episode, as you can tell from the title, is going to be about interview tips and tricks. And before we get started into that, I just wanted to start every podcast now with a little bit about what's going on in my life or my top picks or favorite things or things like that, just so you guys can get to know me a little bit more. So I'm just going to give a rundown of my week, basically. It's been a hectic one. Summer for the first two weeks was pretty chill. I was just hanging out. I didn't have work yet. I didn't have classes, but I'm taking two summer classes, intro to human disease and intro to natural disasters to get my science gen eds done because I'm graduating early. So that's a bit hectic, a little bit more than I was expecting. Summer classes are definitely a lot more accelerated. If anyone's thinking about taking them, keep that in mind. And then I've also just started a nannying position. So I've been busy doing that. It's five days a week, so I'm taking care of these two little girls. And it's really fun, super enjoyable, but it's a lot to do two classes and then also have five days a week worth of nannying. And then I was going to do an internship this summer, but I think we might have to postpone that to a little bit later when I have a little bit more time because I also want to enjoy my summer. So just a lot to go through working on planning that out, but I'm also working on compartmentalizing my time. I find that actually I'm more productive and and do way better in school and things like that when I have a job because then I'm able to kind of, the time that I have free, I really have to spend doing the things that I need to get done. So I feel like I'm much more productive when I actually have more things on my plate because I have like these scheduled times to get things done. And if I don't get it done within that time, then I'm not going to get it done. So it's beneficial, but it's kind of, a little bit of a bummer on my summer because I can't go out and hang out with friends because I just don't have the time to. So that's kind of where I'm at right now, but I'm trying to stay consistent with the podcast, consistent with all of my schoolwork and everything like that, and hopefully it goes well. So we're going to jump into this episode about interviewing tips and tricks. Whether you're in business or not, you need to know how to interview. It's a good skill to just have in your back pocket because it's used for everything. I mean, my first job was working at Wendy's and there was an interview process to get in there. So it's a very good skill to just have in your back pocket. The number one tip for interviewing is of course to arrive 10 to 15 minutes early. That really shows them that you're committed, you're on time and you're professional. You also wanna show up and dress appropriately You always want to dress a little bit better than they do. Like if you're dressed more professionally than they are, that means that you've like checked the box. Obviously don't show up in like a tuxedo, but make sure you're dressed professionally for a professional interview. You want to show up in, if you're a girl, you want to wear a suit. Um, If you're a guy, you want to wear a suit and tie. So you want to make sure like for girls covering the knees, if you're wearing like a dress or something like that, heels are always good or some dressy flats or something like that. So you want to dress well so that they're respect that you're showing them respect and they're showing you respect because you know dressing appropriately also shows that you are considering this as a legitimate job if you showed up like I, I think I talked about this in my um resume tips one too but if you show up and you're wearing flip-flops no one's going to take you seriously but if you show up and you're you're dressed appropriately they're going to be like okay this is a candidate the second thing um not really a tip but more of a thing to point out is most interviews will be about 15 to 30 minutes maximum. 15 minutes is probably more what it's going to be like, which means you need to answer the questions in an appropriate amount of time. So responses should range from 30 seconds to four minutes. And I know that's like a very big, large amount in between the two, 
But for behavioral questions, which is what a lot of interviews are, the response should be one to two minutes because it covers the topic perfectly if you sum it up in one to two minutes. And they'll ask you probably like five to seven questions, probably maybe sometimes a little bit more. And so that will give you just enough time to um, respond into those one and two minutes. So there's a few different type of interviews. Um, obviously, with today's society, there is phone interviews now, which are becoming more of a um, thing. Conference videos like Zoom interviews. Um, I know I did an interview for an internship uh, and the first one was over the phone and then it progressed to um, Zoom for the second one. And that's normally how interviews will work. So there'll be like several rounds of interviews and you'll progress to the next one. But I've also done in-person interviews for getting into like Delta SIG or for getting into lead student government. So I've done different interviews and um, obviously it's better to be in person. They get more of a feel of who you are. But phone screen, um, one of the, you know, initial interview processes um, and it'll come across as a, a phone call and you want to pick up on time. And obviously they're probably going to schedule it or they'll be like, I'll call you later today. So then you keep your phone on you later today and answer, you know, keep your voice upbeat and light. It's obviously harder to project a personality when it's on the phone, but you can still do it by keeping a positive attitude. Then, of course, there's the more traditional style where they're asking you questions that are kind of focused on have you achieved in the past? What have you done? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And those are more behavioral questions. And that's what most interviews are going to be. And obviously, like phone goes hand in hand with the video. So that same thing about keeping it light and upbeat, looking directly at the camera. I know when we're on Zoom, you look at like the picture because it's their face, but you're actually looking like off to the side. So you want to look or try at least when you're answering questions to look at the camera. And then also for video ones, um, make sure that there's nothing distracting in the background. You don't want to have like a poster in the background that's really, really distracting when you're trying to interview for something. And then also just for interviews, like dress appropriately. I've had a friend who the person in the interview told them to stand up and they were wearing like shorts on the bottom and like a professional shirt on the top. And like when they were told to stand up, everyone could see that they were wearing like the shorts. So do put in the effort to actually put on pants as well. Like I know video conference calls, you're like, ah, oh, it's easy. They're only seeing half of me. But sometimes they do get a little um, creative and they and they decide to look at what's underneath. So that's something that um, to think about. Also, making sure the area is quiet for video calls as well. And then, yeah, making sure your background is, is good too. They also do group interviews as well. This is something that's a little bit more unheard of, but it's when they're like hiring teams or something and they'll see like your interactions with other people. That's kind of a separate thing. If you have an interview like that, that's something more to look into. They do panel ones as well um, or like lunch and dinner ones where you go and you have, it's more of like a conversation and less of an interview. And then obviously, you know, the strength-based ones. And then lastly, they have, and obviously there's other different types of interview styles, but these are just the main ones. But they have case interviews if you're going into like consulting, investment banking, something like that. And these are like where they ask you questions and you kind of have to come up with like a number. So like when I did a case interview, my question was how many buses, how many like school buses are there in America? And so what you want to do when you have a question like that is to create kind of like a tree style map. Often they'll give you like a calculator and a piece of paper and you can write out like a tree map of how you get to where you're going and you get your answer using basic metrics. So everyone knows that there's um, like around 
I don't know, what is the population of America? You'd, you'd start with the population of America and then you'd say like, okay, like 20% of these are kids, which means they're gonna ride school buses, but only some kids ride school buses. And you'd break that down in the tree style and you'd show them how you got to where you get. And like, I did it and I got a number that was way off. There's only like 400,000 school buses in America. And I said like 2 million. Um, and that, that was just the number that I got bad at math, but it's okay. <laughs> and so basically like I got it really off, but I still did well on the question because I was able to show them my thought process and how I got to that point. Obviously not everyone gets a case interview. It's only for select different types. And that's obviously something you want to look more into and do some practice problems. If you do have a case interview coming up, but just an idea of different types of interviews out there. So most interviews will start with the classic, tell me a little bit about yourself. So this is where you wanna know your resume like the back of your hand. So this is maybe 30 seconds to a minute of just explaining kind of your life story. You can throw in a little bit about you, a bit of personality, but you also wanna highlight some key points on your resume. So when I tell my, like tell me a little bit about yourself, I talk about some important things I did in high school. Then I also say what I'm doing now in college and also looking forward to the future and then saying like, when I did it for Delta Sig, I was like, and I'd love to be a part of Delta Sig because I'd love to take on a leadership role. So kind of looking forward to the future as well. It's kind of where you sum up, like you're doing a little 30 second talk about you and highlighting important parts. And then you wanna be light on your feet in terms of your responses. Like I said, 30 seconds to four minutes one to two minutes in the behavioral question answering section. And you wanna be like light on your feet when they ask you a question, respond pretty soon if you have the answer, but also it is okay to stop and ask for a moment to think about it. A lot of times people are scared to do that in interviews because they're like, oh no, they're gonna think I don't know. They're gonna think that I'm like taking too much time. I've definitely sat in an interview and been like, I don't know how I'm gonna answer this. I need some time to think about it. I mean, I had one interview where they asked me a question, the question was one of like the silly ones. And it was like, what are 10 uses for a stapler without stapling? And I had to like, I was looking around the room trying to think of different things that I could say because I was such at a blank. And it's okay to stop and think about it for a moment. I still got the position I wanted. I still got into the club I wanted, but like, it is okay to actually stop and think about it. And I know that's something that people stress about a lot, but it is okay. And just ask for some time. Like they'll respect you more if you, ask for it than if you're just sitting there like blank stare haven't answered the question you also like there's a big no-no if you don't fully answer the question like what i said about the stapler thing if i did not come up with um 10 different responses like that would have been pretty bad i wasn't able to respond to the question like that does not show good interview skills so like if they say you want to make five examples of something and they specify that they want five you better have an answer for five different ones. Even if it takes you a while, like even if you're looking around the room like me, taking your time is better than not answering at all or giving a really crappy answer. So you can totally take your time. And you also don't wanna talk negatively about past employers. So when you're going through and you're talking, you're answering your interview questions and they maybe say like, what's a conflict that you handled at work or something like that? You wanna obviously show that there was conflicts at your past job or something like that, but you don't wanna talk negatively about your past employers. Like this company sucked, never would work for them again. Everyone there was such in a bad mood, like super crappy, blah, blah, blah. You don't wanna say stuff like that when you're in an interview 
because it shows the company that's trying to hire you that you would do that to them too. So when you finish with this job that you're trying to get hired for, you're just gonna go say that about that to another employee and it reflects badly on you and it reflects badly on the company. So they don't wanna do that. And also a kind of a tip that goes hand in hand with this is that um, you should be aware of your body language. Keep eye contact. Like I said, when you're doing a video call, you wanna look at the person, you wanna keep like dead eye contact. You don't wanna be looking down, looking around. It just shows that you're not confident. You're not sure what you're saying. So keep eye contact, keep your hands on the top of the table. There's been studies that have shown, I don't, can't quote any right now, but I know that there is, and I've been told this a lot, that if you keep your hands up, your palms open, it kind of creates this more like open environment where people can trust you than if you're hiding your hands under the table, don't really know what's going on. It kind of is this like subconscious openness in between the two of you. And it's kind of being more friendly and you know, you're in an interview, you don't know this person. So you want to get as many like brownie points as possible by being open and keeping your hands open and, and just being more aware of your body language and eye contact. Like you want to stand up straight. You don't want to be sl like slouch. You don't want to shake their hand poorly. You want to go in and you want to have a strong handshake. You want to act confident. Like even if you are scared out of your mind, walk into that interview and act as confident as you have ever been. Because when you show up scared and you show up nervous, they can tell. Like I've had moments where I have been so nervous. I walked out of an interview this year and I literally called my mother and I bawled my eyes out because I was like, that went so bad. But I walked in and I showed up with confidence and I was like, this is going terribly. Like I am failing this interview, but I am doing it with confidence. And that was able to reflect through and I still got into the position that I wanted to be in. Like you show up, you have the confidence, you've practiced, you know you're, what you're talking about, you know what you're saying, and that really reflects. So don't be afraid to, you know, stumble over some things or maybe, like I said, take your time. But if you show up with confidence, like that's the number one tip I can give you, honestly. Showing up with confidence, projecting that through your body language and keeping that eye contact and keeping that, like, keep the conversation flowing, even if you're unsure. Also, a good tip that I got told this year is like bring in water with you or like they'll probably give you water but utilize that water take a sip while they're at the end of saying like their question and it gives you a little bit more time to process it and think about it because you'll be like swallowing as they're finishing the question so you get like an extra 10 seconds to just think about what you're going to say and format it a little bit more or like if you're a little bit nervous or something like that having something to hold holding the water drinking the water gives you something to like do with your hands so they're not freaking out and fidgeting. So it's kind of useful. Obviously, don't, you know, just gulp down water throughout the interview, but keep that in mind that that's also like a good tip to have. And then also, depending on the interview, they may ask you for a funny or technical question. Like I just said, I got asked how many staplers, or what are 10 uses for staplers? And like, that's a really funny technical question. I've had friends get asked like, what is, um, why is a tennis ball fuzzy? Or how would you measure an, or how would you weigh an elephant without a scale? Like different questions like that. And honestly, a lot of those questions are just put in there to see your personality. They can hear as much as they want about your behavioral skills. But what they also want to know is, are you going to be a good fit for this company? So it's kind of talking about some like funny questions that they throw in there and just have some like good answers for those. Like you don't need to be accurate. Like why is a tennis ball fuzzy? I don't know. So it bounces more like no one. I don't know. I haven't looked that up. I don't even know. But like come up with a funny answer, like have some just back pocket different answers for things like that, because more than likely 
companies will ask you these questions at the end or just like throw in a few like I got asked this year would you rather fight um a silverback is it a silverback gorilla I think it's a silverback gorilla or a grizzly bear and like my response was I was like kind of like I don't even know but like I obviously didn't say that like don't ever say you don't know because that is a terrible response that's the same that goes along with like saying or not answering the amount of questions that you're supposed to like don't ever do that come up with any response you can think of because it's better to take your time and answer than not answer at all but I sat there and I was like okay I'm from Colorado I'm from the mountains I know grizzly bears protect their cubs I would rather fight a uh, silverback gorilla than an angry mom grizzly bear because it's like the mom instinct that kicks in like that was my response and like that doesn't really make sense like I would be absolutely mauled by either but you know it's a funny question they kind of want to see your personality and through that answer I told them a little bit about where I'm from you know different facts that I know things that like why I would think that way so it kind of is a little reflection of your personality and then they also might ask you technical questions and this is more for like different careers that you're going into. So say you're going into like marketing, they might ask you a question that's like, um, given this uh, target audience and this metrics and something like that, what would you do with this campaign or something like that? They'll ask you like specific questions, but that's only like related to the industry you're going into. But also be aware of that. Take some time to reflect over that if you're thinking that you'll go into an interview with those kinds of questions. Same thing as like case interviews or, you know, the funny questions. Make sure that you just have those in your back pocket that you can kind of whip out whenever. And then like also, big important thing, know the company. Before you go into any interview, before you even apply for the job, do research on the company. Like I cannot stress this enough. Go in, know the job description, know the company, have like five facts about the company that you can just pull out any chance you get because that shows you've done your research. You care about the position. You are willing to like work for it and do the research to learn more and you're interested and they want candidates who are interested and willing to stick around because the retention rate is so off right now. I mean, we're going through the great resignation, blah, 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 all of that stuff. And it's just like people or companies want people who will stick around. This year, my um, class did a talk with Omni Hotel and we had to, we acted as like consultants and we had to work um, with the company to solve some of their employee retention rates. And um, so like that was a big issue that we noticed and that they were saying that it wasn't just with them. Like obviously they're a hotel, so people don't stay in the hospitality industry for that long, but it wasn't just with them. They were saying they're noticing this over across the board, over the country, over the world, across like across the board period they're noticing that people don't stay around. And so companies want to find people who will stay around, who want to work for that leadership position. So any chance you get to mention that, any chance you get to show that, you bring it up. You bring up that you're interested. You bring up that you've done the research. You bring up that you know and you're interested and you're involved in the company. So you go in with a job description because also if you have the job description, they'll say the list of skills that they're looking for and you can add those in. You can be like, well, I have this experience with this thing and that ties into this skill that you're looking for any chance to bring up something that they need or they want do it it looks amazing it checks all the boxes it hits the red or hits the green flags not the red flags and it just is a good way for them to realize that you're a good candidate for the position and then also when you know info about the company at the end they'll ask you 
if you have any questions. And you should have, like, you should ask one or two questions, but you should have, like, three to five questions back up just in case they, some of your questions get answered during the interview. But these should, a lot of these should come from information that you found out about the company. So, like, when I was in middle school, we did this, like, field trip to the mall, and everyone broke up into different groups, and we got taken by different um, companies within the mall to, like, spend a day shadowing them. And the company that I went to was, like, the Vans Shoe Store. And one of the things they said when they're interviewing new candidates is they'll ask them, like, obviously, questions that they have at the end. But they'll also ask them questions like, what shoe would you be if you could be a shoe? And so when she asked us if we had any questions, mine was, what shoe would you be if you were, could be a shoe? I asked the person who was interviewing that. And she was like, that's a great question. You're turning it around on me. You're asking me a question about the company. Ask me a question that kind of shows the, like, the dynamic of the people that work here. And so asking questions about the company, great way to go. Don't go in and ask, like, what's the salary? Like, what are the benefits? You can look that up. That's typically in the job description. You want to know questions that are a little bit more, like, make you stand out. Like, I had an interview with um, lead student government, and I was like, what legacy? One of the questions I asked was, what legacy would you like to leave at Leeds through lead student government? And they were like, that's a really great question. I've never really thought about what legacy I'm leaving here, but that's a good way to think about it. So it was talking about, because that's one of the important pillars of the student government, is like leaving a mark and being taking care of the community. And so it, I uh, used that information that I'd researched about the um, lead student government, and I'd turn that into a question. So taking different questions from the research that you have about the company and utilizing that and turning that into um, a question that you can have. And also, when you finish, this is like not super important, but also something you should do, is at the end of the day or, you know, the next day after you've finished your interview, send a follow-up email or, I don't know, post a card or something like that, but send an email thanking them for their time because this reinforces, when you send a follow-up email, a thank you email, it reinforces you in their brains. A lot of people won't send up like the reinforcement emails and then they just get lost in the pile of applicants, but if you send a reinforcement email that says, thank you for your time and you point out some good parts of the interview, or, you know, even if you've messed up in the interview, this is also a great way to come in and say, like, hey, I know I messed up that question. Just wanted to clarify, this is what I would say instead, blah, blah, blah. Like, don't do that with every question, obviously. But, like, if you have one area where you know you were like, damn, I really messed up, say, thank you for your time. I just wanted to make sure that you understood this one part about this one question that I was going to say. Sorry, I messed it up, blah, blah, blah. Or just say, thank you for your time, point out a good part of the interview, talk about, I'd love to like have more conversations with you about this position. It reinforces you as a candidate, and it allows you to talk more about areas that you think you might need to. It's a fantastic thing to do to secure kind of your position in their brains as like the forefront of options, because again, shows that commitment, reinforces that idea that you want to stay, you want to join the company, you will be an employee that will be retained, you're working towards a leadership position. It shows that you are professional, but you're also a go-getter. And that's what a lot of companies want. They want someone who approaches interviews with confidence, who can understand what they're saying, respond fairly quickly, and if not, respond with, you know, take the time to think over it, but also respond with um, high-quality answers that kind of follow this um, different process. And I think this is probably the one thing, if you take away anything from this interview, it's actually 
this little acronym that I'm going to say in a second. So when I was going through learning about how to do interviews, the number one thing that I kept seeing everywhere was the acronym STAR, Situation, Task, Action, Result. And so this is the number one way that you should answer behavioral questions because it shows confidence. It sums up the question. It can be done in 30 seconds to a minute to two minutes to four minutes, however long it needs to be. It can be done in that short amount of time. It's flexible, but it covers everything that they need for behavioral questions. So when you get asked a behavioral question, you say the situation that you were in. So say you get asked, um, what was the time that you failed? You say the situation that you were in when you failed. You say the task that you were given when you failed. You say the action you took to, or like, so a question like, what was the time you failed and how did you change to like do better in the future? So you say the situation that you were in when you failed, the task that you were in when you failed, the action you took to do better in the future and the result. They wanna know the results, metrics, data, they wanna know that. They wanna know how you were able to turn it around how you were able to change it because everyone fails. Everyone can talk about how, a time that they failed, but what you can talk about to kind of show that you were still a good person, like everyone has a hard time saying like, oh, my skills, like something I suck at is, you know, being messy or something like that. Like no one wants to say that in an interview, but if you can show how you failed and how you turned it around, that's what they really want to see. They want to see that you fall down and you can get up because if you fall down in their company, they want you to get up, so they want to see that you can do that and have done that before. So situation, task, action, result. Best like acronym to go by for interviews. Definitely a thing to hit in all of your behavioral questions. And I know it's hard to think about when you're sitting there, you're like, I don't even know how I'm going to answer this question, let alone break it up into a situation, task, action, result. But it's a good way to just think about, okay, take 30 seconds and spend that on situation. 30 seconds, spend that on task. 30 seconds, spend it on action. 30 seconds, spend it on result. And there you have two minutes answer for a behavioral question and you're good to go. So these are just some interview tips and tricks. I really hope they helped. Thank you guys so much for listening and I can't wait to see you in the next episode. Bye.